Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> We're so happy to be here with all of you. You guys are family, and I feel at home. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, as Denise was saying, um, we were talking about the office, and I said, please help me pray, because um, I know there's a need in the community right now that um, some people need help in some forms that they need to fill out, resources and things like that. And I said, please help me pray for it. And so I did. And I thought, well, I can do that. So I prayed. And then the next time we saw each other, I mean, it was some a week, couple weeks. Couple of weeks. And I start telling her, hey, this is my download that I got from God. And she starts looking at me. And, you know, I was explaining this room across the hall from their office and all these things that we could put in there, computers and desks and all that stuff. And she goes, you don't know what you're saying. And I go, yeah, I do. I'm, you know, and, and she goes, oh, no, you don't. And she starts getting teary-eyed. And I'm thinking, great, I offended her. So go on. <laughs> um, what happened is that my husband and I, we came to plant La Vina about 14 years ago. But the first time we came to Cincinnati, it was 2004, 2005. We went to the Healing Center, and we, which now is Healing Center, and we saw that, how they were helping the community. My husband and I said, if God calls us to come here and plant the church, we would like to do something like that. So years passed, we came to plant the church, didn't happen. So when we were downstairs with the office and talking to Denise, that came back again and said, hey, you know, what I put in your hearts, guys, you know, this is, this is, this is gonna happen. And we, I thought helping only people, but God has been doing the amazing things on how he's been opening, door, open, opening doors to this happen. And um, before we move here, I was sharing with them that God gave us a dream of a high ceilings and a place in the back that we're, we're helping you guys and putting it all together. And back then, I didn't know that the Hope Center was part of the building. I didn't know not much about the church. And when they asked me to come and do this interview, my husband, my daughter, was saying, honey, you remember the dream that you had about that we were helping to build this place? And I said, yes, well, I, it's the Hope Center. And it's amazingly how God has been putting all, all the pieces together. Yeah. And we've been dreaming about babies. We've been dreaming about a baby that is that we're feeding, baby that we are um, caring, and baby that I cannot do, that I pass it to Denise, literally, to help me with. And from there, I think God has been talking to us of how he wants this to happen. And I can keep going on and on and on. <laughs> I'm going to keep her on track. Okay, so you guys are dreaming and you're praying together and you're having some coincidences happen, some God coincidences, right? And so then you have um, a friend or someone at the big vineyard encourage you to apply for a grant that they give away. So tell us a little bit more about that. That's Natalie. That's Natalie. Natalie Fister is a family that help us to... Um, 
along with the partnership with um, Northwest and La Vina, Los Angeles, they were part of the planting church. So she's been, she's been with us for a long time. And we sit down with her a couple months ago, maybe in November, and we share with her, you know, what we're doing and, and the vision and everything. And he said, um, Isis, I can help. I mean, I can help you with this. Uh, the BCC is doing every every month. They're giving twenty dollars to nonprofit organizations. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. I'm sorry. <laughs> twenty thousand. And I said, for what you guys want to do with Denise, I mean, that'll be, that'll be great. But I haven't talked to Denise about this, about the room that we just cleaned and painted. And I told her, well, this room might look like this and that and here and there. And so from there... Because <laughs> at the time, the room was a mess. It was our warehouse room. Our men's ministry cleaned it up. Yes, thank you, guys. And Melissa Schwemberger, she painted. We all had a hand in cleaning it. You and, should come down and see it. It looks and, amazing. Yeah, Miner painted a wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then... Um, the, or the uh, application, you guys got the, the website or whatever you call it, yes. for the, to fill it out. So I filled it out, and I told him, I said, okay, I sent it in. We'll see what happens. Well, this week I got an email that said from someone from uh, Vineyard Tri-County, please call me. And I'm thinking, no way. And so I called her, and she goes, I just wanted to tell you that we granted you the $20,000 yes. to start. <laughs> So, of course, I tried calling her. She didn't answer. <laughs> no, but um, she was praying. <laughs> so we, we now, we will get the check sometime in June, but we want to uh, continue on with this, this dream and this hope that God has put on our hearts to have this resource center because we already have, I'm skipping your question. No, okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're, what we're going to, what our hope is, we already have the food pantry and the community dinner, so that's part of our growth and healing, and then we want to do this resource center that um, Isis has told us about how we want to be able to help people. We want the computers to help fill out forms for, you know, and navigate through the government um, issues and paperwork, and um, then we also have on-site Calvary Behavioral Health and also they take care of addictions also. So they're, they're licensed, they're professionals. And we just feel like, you know, this is where we're headed. So we've got these funds and we're supposed to go visit um, the growth and healing out of Tri-County so that we do this stuff wisely. <laughs> so. And to help us, you know, how to, how to put all this together. But we cannot do it by ourselves, right? No. We just can and we want to, then you guys to be part of, along with Lavinia, and you guys to be part of this. There will be a plenty of volunteering positions that they need to be filled out at some point. Right. Would you like to right. talk to more about it? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the uh, positions are yet, uh, but we will get the information out to you. But we just, we wanted to share the good news with you. Uh, God is certainly on the move, and he's just doing so many amazing things here. Um, and so it'll just be another resource for our, for our community to just be healthy and whole because that's what the church should be. So keep your eye out for more information about our, our healing resource. I don't even know what the name is. Hope Healing Resource Center. We have to come up <laughs> with a cool name. But. Hope Center is in, in English. In Centro de Esperanza is in Spanish. 
which it sounds really beautiful too. I'll <laughs> yes. have to practice. I yes. can't say that. <laughs> Centro de Esperanza. <laughs> yes. So just be praying about that prayer for these two who are kind of spearheading that. They are just, we need these powerhouses in our, in our, in our, in our houses. And we just, we thank you and we bless you both. Thank so, you. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> All right. She's, she's my partner in crime. Yes. <laughs> say that but I said I better not say it oh no we're partners well, in crime but it. good crime eh? yeah good crime <laughs> yeah Ryan says way worse stuff than that that's fine all right with that uh wrapped up invite we're gonna invite Nathan up to give the message today why don't you guys welcome Nathan good morning everyone I gotta follow that huh no, that's super cool that we've got all that stuff that we're doing here. Uh, we've got all these just really cool things that we get to do in this place. And if you think about it, like a lot of these new things that have just been added in the past couple months, like the Behavioral Health Center, it's a brand new thing. The computers and the, the grant, it's a brand new thing. So like I know two times ago when I was up here, one of the things I talked about was like we are back to growing again, right? Like we had that couple years where things were just like getting broken down. There was the COVID stuff and we were, you know, standing here on a Sunday morning and no people were in here and everybody was just online. But now we're back to adding things and adding things and adding things and kind of preparing in for the future. So it's just really cool to kind of see all that stuff starting to grow again. So, yeah, you can clap for that, it's good, yeah. So again, uh, my name is Nathan. So my normal Sunday morning duties around here are with the junior high and high school kids. So uh, those of them that are here today are kind of sprinkled around and hanging out in here. So um, if you see them, you know, just be nice to them and stuff. So <laughs> no. So um, last time I was up here, if you remember, um, was the Sunday that Ryan was sick. So this week he's not sick. This is a planned week off for Ryan. Ryan is taking a much-needed vacation, so he won't be here this week or next week. So um, you can pray for him to be able to rest up and recharge and all that, because he's got a tough job. Um, but it's funny, last time I was up here, I think I got like 10 minutes of notice to be up here, because Ryan was sick, and it was like, okay, you're on. I was like, all right, let's go. So I'm more prepared this time. I'm also cleaner this Sunday than I was last time. I will tell you... Uh, last, last time I was, I was here and we had just gone on a uh, Cub Scout camp out. So I was there that night, came straight here from that camp out. And so I was like, smelled like bonfire. I probably had dirt on my legs. I had dirt on my shoes, I'm sure. And so it was just like, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad this is a place where I can just stand up on the stage looking like I did and nobody really probably even noticed. So I was like, oh Lord. But it was, it was great. It was good. It was fine. Everything was good. So um, kind of before I get into what I'm going to talk about today, I was, I was listening to that last song they were singing, and I'm, forgive me, I'm pulling on my phone. It's the Bible, I promise. Um, but I was, I was thinking of like the, the verses that are associated with that song. So we fall down, we lay our crowns, and like the, the picture surrounding that. And so I was thinking back, and I was fairly confident that that song is written from a passage in the book of Revelation. So that's not, 
not a book we always read, not a book we always like pay attention to because it's difficult, it's weird, it's strange, and there's a lot of like imagery in it that sometimes it's hard to know how to take. And so it's a really hard thing to talk about, for one, because when you talk about Revelation, there's a thousand different ways to interpret it. I'm not going to pretend I even know what any of it means because it's, it's a lot. But thinking about the imagery of that song, right? So we fall down, we lay our crowns, right? We're thinking about ourselves, right? Like, oh, I've got my crowns, I'm falling down, I'm, I'm worshiping Jesus. But where this comes from is Revelation 4, so where that passage comes from. And the cool thing about it is what it's referring to is in Revelation, it talks about all these kings and these great spiritual kings. So it's like the, the, the creatures that are up in heaven and the angels and all kinds of crazy weird stuff. You can look at the description, and, and, and I'm not going to read through all that. But it's, it's these powerful beings that are bowing down and laying their crowns down and worshiping God. It's not just us. It's things that are infinitely more powerful and just amazing than we are, things you just can't even imagine. And so the, uh, the, the verse in here, I'll, I'll kind of start in verse 7. It says, the first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give honor, or whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns down before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. I just think it's a really cool thing that kind of struck me when when they were singing that song because it's like you think about those like the elders and like people that are like in in God's like main group of making things happen here on earth that they took their crowns off and bowed down to him I just think that's really really cool when somebody or something with an immense amount of power says you know what I'm giving my power up to do what you need um, and you know getting a little bit deeper into it without going too deep the thing, you know, why we have Satan being who he is is because he refused to give up his power. And so they still have that choice. And so just really thinking about, like, those creatures, those beings, whatever you want to call them, they gave up their power to do God's things. I think it's just super cool. They didn't have to do it. So that's a little extra nugget, I guess, that you can take, take or leave. So. <laughs> um, so for, for us right now in, in our family... It's a super busy and kind of fun season in life. So our kids have started into sports. We've got four boys. You know, Jackson's the oldest. He's eight. Then Ezra's four. Lincoln is two. And then Holden is almost five months, about another week. So kind of a lot, a lot of boys, a lot of stuff going on. And, like, when they start doing sports, it gets kind of busy. So, like, right now, um, Ezra and Jackson are both playing soccer. Jax does track. And so soccer's coming to an end we just finished track yesterday, and one of the things I do is I try to help coach their teams when I can. Uh, I think it's important for a couple different reasons. One is just I'm there anyway, and so I know I'm, you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty decent human being, and so I think, well, you know what? I'm going to be here. I want to be here, so why not help, right? It's just kind of that like, hey, I'm there. Let's do it, right? And so with track, 
I'm there for practice. And so instead of sitting in the stands and just like playing on my phone, I can just go out and hang out with some kids and, and teach them how to run around a track. Like, okay, great, let's do it. Um, but it is like some of the most rewarding work that I think you can do in life is to be a coach. Whether it's a coach in sports or a coach in life or anything like that, it is rewarding, right? Because like you get with these people, you get with these kids, and you're like, okay, this is a new thing for you, or maybe it's a thing you haven't been good at before. And we're learning, we're growing, we're doing different things. And so like with our soccer team, we haven't won a ton of games this year, but what I can see every week is we look at what happens in the game and we go, okay, here's some things that didn't go well, here's some things that went well. Hey guys, great job doing this. Here are some things we wanna work on. And then in practice, we work on those things. And it is super cool that when you get into a game, you go, oh, they did it. And it worked. And then you tell them that, and then you see the smiles on their face, and they're like, we did a good job. And I think that is the coolest thing about that. And so thinking through that, it brings to mind a couple verses in the Bible. So, and, and I think this coaching piece and this growing and changing piece is something that God kind of laid out naturally for us. So Proverbs 22.6 says, Start children off in the way they should go. And even when they're old, they won't turn from it. So as a coach, see this all the time, right? You got young kids, you're trying to teach to do something. They call it fundamentals, right? Fundamentals are the basics, right? When you think about a kid in general growing up or somebody learning how to do something new, you teach them the basic things about it. And they get good at those things, and then you teach them more. Just like with a kid, they got to crawl before they walk, they got to walk before they run. Right? Very natural kind of thing. And so in soccer, when I'm teaching these kids how to play, it's here are the basic things you need to do. These are six to eight-year-old kids, right? We're not out here to win championships. We're out here to learn. We're grow. We want to be better, right? And so my job as a coach is to teach them the fundamentals they need so that when they play in the future, they've got that firm foundation and that good base to say, hey, I know how to play this game. I'm enjoying myself, and I'm learning things, and I'm getting better. Like, that's my entire goal. If we win games along the way, that's awesome. If we don't and we get better every week, that's, that's great. Like, that is my goal. And so I'm also a coach in general who believes in working with kids to improve them instead of being one that's, like, yelling, screaming, and getting upset. Because, one, that's just stressful and frustrating for me. But, two, they don't like it, Right? My job is to train these kids up in the way they should go, right? Just like it says in Proverbs 22.6. But there's another verse that's really interesting surrounding this. It's in Ephesians 6.4. It says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training instruction of the Lord. Don't get the kids frustrated, right? Show them, train them, and teach them in the ways of soccer. That's my job. Just like a job of a parent is to step alongside their kids, help them learn, help them grow, help them be the person that we want them to be, right? And so kind of what I call this, and this is probably a term somebody else has used, is kind of the hand-on-the-back approach, right? Like, I am standing behind these kids, and I got my hand on their back, right? Not, you know, physically, but, you know, in the, in the coaching way. And we're going up a hill. My hand's there so that if they need help and they start to fall back, that they can feel safe and comfortable, right? But they're the ones moving themselves forward. I'm not pushing them. I'm not shoving them. 
I'm teaching them. I'm stepping with them and saying, okay, let's go. Here's where we're going. Go there. Here's how we get there. And if they start to fall back, okay, right? You've all probably had somebody put their hand on your back before when you're walking somewhere to help guide you. It's not a thing where you're like, oh, man, they're shoving me or they, they are, you know, they're being pushy. But what they're here to do is they're here to let you know that they're there to help you move in the right direction. And when you falter, they're there and they're ready to help, right? You're doing it on your own, but you've got somebody there to help build your confidence and help you move forward. So we're not going to talk about soccer and kids all day. I could, but I won't. Most of us are adults here, at least by age, maybe in how we act. I don't know. I sure don't act like an adult. My wife is in the back. She could confidently tell you that most of the day I don't act like an adult, and that's fine. It's okay. It's good to have fun. So what I want you all for the rest of the time today is to put yourself in the mindset that for what we're talking about, you're a child, okay? And every time in the Bible when it talks about children or a child, that it's talking about you. Maybe even put your name in the place of child, right? Think about yourself and how you work with this. Because I think when God talks about children, he's not just talking about children as far as like babies and toddlers. He's talking about us as a parent and a child, okay? So I'm going to move to the most youth pastor story in the Bible. And I think like if sometime in my life I don't talk about this in front of a bunch of people, I like lose my, my card for that kind of thing. And so I think I have to do it. I think it's a requirement. And so I'm going to check that box today. So we're going to go into Luke 18. So we're going to pick up in the middle of a situation where there are some parables that Jesus is teaching, right? I think it's always important when you look at a verse in the Bible to look at what's going on around it, okay? Because that tells you somewhat why this thing is happening. You know, when we read a book, right? Like you open up a book and start reading it. If you start in the middle and you start reading a paragraph, you're like, great, okay, I kind of know what this means and what's going on, but if you don't know the whole story around it, it doesn't mean as much, right? So generally, the way we read a book is we start at the beginning, we read the story and read to the end. And so with the Bible, we do it a little differently. We kind of step in and skip around, which is great, because um, if we were to try to read the whole Bible in church, like that would, one, get kind of boring sometimes, but two, it, it would just, yeah, we would lose you. It would not be good. So we're going to step into Luke 18. So... Jesus is talking to some people, and what I can see, and, and I'm, I'm a very visual person, and so when I, when I read this stuff, I think in my head about what did it look like, where did we go, who was sitting where, what were they doing, where were they? So I can see Jesus, like he's sitting around, he's hanging out, right, he's talking to some people, right, he's telling stories, doing his Jesus thing, and so we're moving through this. So, and then something weird starts to happen, at least to him, right, is people were also bringing babies to Jesus, for him to place their hands on him, his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So what happens after this, which is really interesting, and I'm not going to go too much into that today, is the story of the rich young ruler. So the guy that's like, hey, I've done everything you asked me to do, but Jesus says, hey, you got all this money, give up your money and follow me. So it's really interesting that after he says, let the little children come to me, 
then this dude comes in and there's that kind of situation, I think it's, you know, read through that whole section together and I think it'll be a little eye-opening to you with why some of those stories are where they are. So here we have Jesus teaching, kind of like I am right now, and people just start to bring babies up to him, right? So if that started to happen during service here, you'd probably all kind of go, what is going on, right? Or, and some people might say, hey, what are you doing? You can't go up there. Like, you can't bring the babies up there. Like, you can't, you can't just walk up on the stage while Jesus is talking or while I'm talking, right? Like, that's just kind of weird, right? And so, same thing here. People start bringing their babies up to Jesus, and everybody's like, well, that's bold for one, but you need to stop. And so, Jesus is like, no, no, it's cool. Like, it's fine. You know, he is calmly here correcting. It says rebuked. I doubt Jesus was like, what are you doing? Get out of here. He's like, hey, guys, like, maybe let's not bother these people. It's cool if they bring their babies up. I love babies. Let's do this, because Jesus is a pretty flexible person. So he said, my kingdom is for those that come as children. If you can't receive the kingdom like a little child would, you don't get it. So you see, when we come to Jesus, we all start a new life, right? When we're a new person, we're called a baby, right? We're a child. And so what do babies and little kids do? So if you don't know, I can tell you, I'm becoming a little bit of an expert, I would say, with four of them. Um, one of the things they do, they observe, right? They ask questions constantly. <laughs> right? They have such a thirst for learning and knowledge that sometimes, honestly, it's overwhelming. Like, I ain't on the way here from church or to church today. Probably 6,000 questions were asked in our van. And I was like, can we, can we just like turn up the music and just be quiet for a minute? Because I can't answer any more questions. Um, the worst question is why, you know? Standing on the table. Hey, please don't jump off the table. Why? <sighs> really, do I have to answer this? But it's a child. And think about yourself, when you come in as a new Christian, you will do things and ask things that, like, as an adult Christian, you're going to be like, why would you ever ask that question? But remember, you're brand new, right? Like, if a two-year-old's standing on a table and doesn't know why they shouldn't jump off, it's not because they're being obstinate. It's because they really just don't know what's going to happen. And so when you tell them no, they're like, this is fine. I jump off the couch all the time, so the table is fine too, right? Except for it's twice as tall, right? And so... That's how we are as new Christians, right? Like we get bit by the God bug and we say, okay, we're ready to learn everything we can. I'm going to read the entire Bible tonight. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to ask all the questions and I want to do everything. Do you see why Jesus welcomes the little children? It's because they're here. They're like, we want everything you have to offer. We want everything that's there. We want to know. We want to learn. We want to grow, right? And, and I think sometimes when we're around kids, we were like, man, that's super cool. Like, I wish I could be more like a kid sometimes because, like, they are just asking all these questions and it's, and it's great in some cases. In other cases, it's a little frustrating, right? I remember when I was a, probably in elementary school. Like, we had a library at our school. And I, and I had a, it was, it's, you're going to laugh when I tell you what my goal was. My goal was to read every single book in that library. Obviously, that's not a feasible goal, right? There's a lot of books and more than I could read. But, like, I wanted to learn so many things. I was like, I want to read everything here. And I read some books that I was like, why did I read this book? This is not even exciting at all. But it was my goal, right? I did not achieve it. I'll tell you that. But that's the kind of thirst for knowledge that kids have. 
Because they want to read everything. They want to know everything. They want to see everything. So Jesus welcomes the little children because they get him, right? They trust him completely. They will do everything they can to learn to please him. Just like little kids do with their parents. So sometimes when I look at my kids, I know that they so badly want to be just like me. And not for anything that I've done, just because I'm their dad, right? You know, it's, it's natural. So it's the look in their eyes that you see when they tell me what they did at school or what they built out of Legos or saying, Daddy, I loves you. Like our two-year-old, that's his thing. Comes, Daddy, I loves you. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to cry. Um, but that's how Jesus is when we come to him. He's like, oh, that's the best. You came to me. You're here. This is awesome. And so he's so proud of us. And I think we all want to be like him when we grow up, right? Like that's the goal here, right? Christians, little Christs, we want to be like him, right? And so an interesting thing, though, about children, and again, if you've ever been around a child, been around a teenager, been around an eight-year-old, as I'm learning now, children can be rebellious sometimes. Anybody ever noticed that before? Seen it? Has that happened before? Um, so teenagers, huh? Just leave it there. What I want you to do is, is I want you to check out a little bit of a story, and I'm not going to tell the entire story because it's a whole book of the Bible that talks about this. But kind of when the church and when Christians were acting like teenagers, right? So you get the beginning of the Bible, right? The world's new. Everything's new. We're, we're here. We're doing all this stuff. And then the Bible goes through a time of the kings, right? If it was read through First and Second Kings and First and Second Samuel, it was like, okay, God gave up. And he said, you can have a king. That's fine if that's what you want. But just be aware what's going to happen. So then there was a king, and the king might have done some good things, had done some bad things, and we rotate through king after king after king, and we rebel against God, and we come back, and we rebel, and we come back, and it's a constant cycle, just like a teenager with their parents, right? They rebel, they come back, they rebel, they come back, right? So the story of Hosea, right? Hosea was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he was commanded by God to go find, and this is what it says, to go find a promiscuous woman, marry her, and have kids with her. Okay, um, why God? That's a little strange, right? It seems weird. And the kids were all named in a way that reflected God's frustration with how the Israelites were acting. So if you go into Hosea 1, you can kind of read the names and why they were named that way, and it's very interesting. But Hosea 1.10 says this. I think this is really important when we look at who we are as children of God. So it says, yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore. Remember Abraham, promise to Abraham, the sins, the stars in the sky, sand on the seashore, all that stuff. There's going to be a bunch of you, right? Which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. So there was a space where God was like, look, you, you are not acting like my people right now. In that very place, you're going to be called the children of God. That was the whole reason that God had Hosea do what he did. Even though we rebel against God, we do what we shouldn't do, still calls us as children. And when you read through the Old Testament, you can see all these things that the Israelites did, God's people, what they did. And you're like, what in the world are these people doing? They're going and worshiping all these other gods. They're listening to other people. They're not doing what they're told. But God still says, you're my kids. 
right? Even all these things you did, even when you, you know, flipped me the bird and said, see you later, still my kid. When you slammed the door in my face and said, I know better than you, still my kid, right? So what does it mean to be a child of God, right? We're welcome in his family no matter what. He's not going to kick us out. In 1 John chapter 3, we can see it super, super clear. John lays it all out for us here in a way that's really powerful. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, we, or dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So further on in this chapter, it goes on to talk about the negative effects of sin on a relationship and goes through some of that. But then I'm going to skip to the end of that chapter, which is kind of a really, really cool part. And again, talking about how we're children of God. So verses 19 through 24 say, This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. So as God's children, we are called to live as he asks us to live and to do what makes him happy. Just like any child would work to please their parent. It's in our nature, right? We want to make our parents happy. Every kid wants to do it, right? Every little kid. If you've ever seen one, that's how they are. So I know that even as adults sometimes, that when something really awesome happens, the first thing we want to do is call a parent, right? And, and I know some of you, maybe you're in a situation where you, you didn't have a good relationship with your parents, right? Maybe they're not in your life for whatever reason. Think about who else you would call, right? Some people have an aunt or an uncle, or they have like a, a mentor or somebody that is like, I am here for you, and they kind of take the place of the parent in that case. You call them, right? And you're like, I want you to know. Just because you, you have something that you want to to get their approval. You want them to feel proud of you, right? And that's a super good feeling. That's how we act with God, right? We're like, God, this is great. This is an awesome thing. Let's share it. Let's talk about it together. Let's see it together. So, and we look for his approval, right? Just like we do this person. God's always proud of us, right? Another thing that God does that parents do a lot of times is he always sees the bigger picture, right? If anybody ever remembers growing up, getting punished by your parents, right? Kind of stinks, right? Like spankings hurt. Timeouts are awful. Sitting in the corner stinks. Getting your mouth washed out with soap is bad too, 
right? Remember that. But my parents saw the bigger picture, right? Whatever the punishment was, they saw like, hey, you're being a turd right now. You need to not be, and you need to learn why not to be one, right? The kid's mad, but mom and dad see the bigger picture, right? God's that way. Even in failure after failure, rebellion after rebellion, he always sees his kids through. It's always there. All those kings God worked with from Israel were fallible humans who messed it up and went against him. Even David, right, who's this great king that did great things. See what he did? You know, he saw that lady on the roof and was like, hey, you're not my wife, but you're mine now. Not cool, right? God still saw him through, still loved him, right? Even though we are mega jerks to God sometimes, super jerks, I could say even worse things probably, but you get the picture, still loves us, still beams every time we learn something new or take a next step. He's like, oh, that was awesome. See what that guy did? And he has like billions of kids, right? And like, oh, that's great. See what he did there? That's so cool, right? So we've got a saying around this church, right? It says, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. That's for children too, right? Babies start as babies, right? They don't stay babies forever. If they stay babies forever, it'd be a problem, right? You come in like you are, but you don't stay that way. So as I was working on what to talk about this week, right, sometimes I just like struggle to figure out like what the heck am I going to talk about, right? I get a pretty good notice. It's not like I do this every week. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do up there? And so I was at a meeting on Wednesday night, and, and Kevin Horgan said that in the meeting. And I was like, that's what I got to talk about. Now, how am I going to get there, right? And I was like, wait, little kids. And so it's great because that's how little kids are. So it struck me that we're all kids. It's all we are. We're children, every single one of us. And kids are notorious for coming as they are. If you watch these kids walk in here on Sunday mornings sometimes, these kids don't care when they come in. They got food on their face. They got boogers on their face. And Lord knows what, anywhere on their body, right? You're like, yeah, he's cool. He's here. She's here. Great. Here we go, right? And they don't care about it. That's the great thing about it. They do not care. They don't care if they have dirt on their shirt. They just rolled out of bed and their hair's all sticking up in the back and everything. They could care less, right? That's how we are when we come in here sometimes. That we should be, right? I think it's us parents that freak out and go, oh, no. He has dirt on his face. They're going to judge me. Their hair's messed up. Oh, man. It's fine. When your kids come in and, and they look like whatever they look like, we don't even think about it. We might wipe their face off. We might go, oh, you slept hard last night, huh? It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's no judgment. So mostly in my house, it's my wife that, that gets on me about it. But the thing is, is like, she'll tell me, hey, you cleaned chocolate off his face from breakfast this morning from his chocolate Pop-Tart that's his nutritious breakfast? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I forget and we get here and she's like, Ugh. I'm like, oh, sorry. So, but like, it's not, it's not her, it's me. It's, it's my issue here. But like, realistically, these kids just don't care. They really don't in most cases. So where are those kids that walk into this place, right? We've got the spiritual boogers on our face, the spiritual dirt on our clothes, and the spiritual Lord knows what on our face, right? What we've got to remember is God's the parent who licks his finger to fix our hair when it's messed up. He's the one who pulls out the baby wipe to clean off our dirty face. He's the one that helps us change our messy clothes. That's his job. He wants us all to come in here in exactly whatever state we're in. 
He really doesn't care what you look like when you walk in this place spiritually. No one's going to burn down a church building simply with their presence of walking in here. I know you've all heard that, like, oh, if I come into church, I'm going to burn a building down. Not like they're going to commit arson, but just like my, my presence here is just going to combust this building. Never happened, never will. Just not going to, right? God wants you to come in here with all the dirt on you, right? That's what he wants. In Luke, it says, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick, Right? Sick people need God. So God gets us in here. He helps clean us up. Helps us learn how to live our life in a way that's just a little less messy than before. Are we still going to have some dirt on us sometimes? Absolutely we will. Will we still make messes in our life? Yep. 100% chance we will. As an adult, I get dirty all the time, right? I'm not any different than that. Sometimes I'll walk in my yard barefoot and I come in with mud up to my knees and my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, just get me a pitcher of water. It's fine, we'll clean it off, right? That's how God is with us. He says, hey, come in here dirty, it's fine. But our job isn't to stay dirty. Our job is to help us get cleaned up. And that's what God is here to do. So as we leave today, I really want you to think about yourself as a kid, right, as a child. You're the messy kid that's walking in here just to learn how to get cleaned up, right? Because you know kids, they don't need us to clean them off forever, right? They learn to clean themselves after a while, and it's great when they do. But we got to learn that kind of stuff, just like a child does. So thinking back to the story of the little kids coming to Jesus, Jesus wants the little kids, us, to come to him. He wants us here, and he wants you here. So come as you are, come as a kid, but don't stay a kid. Don't stay as you are. So we'll pray and be done. God, thank you for the day and uh, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for growing this place and doing whatever you want with it. That's what we're here to do is to, to let you step in and let you design what we're going to have and be going forward. And I think you are and it's really cool to see it happening. So keep us all safe and uh, bring us back here next week. Amen. All right, the prayer team will be over there. Have a great week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.